Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Judge not that you be not judged is the most quoted and the most misquoted of Jesus' teachings. What is often interpreted as a censure of judgment in all circumstances turns out to be quite different upon closer examination. It is inevitable for us to notice the faults in others. Jesus urges us to move with caution, to set our own lives in order before we attempt to help someone else. And at the end of the day, it might be better for us to leave well enough alone. Sometimes our good intentions are unappreciated by the one we try to help. This program we left off in Matthew chapter 6. We've been talking about laying up our treasures in heaven and not worrying about the things of this world. As we left off last time, we, we concluded with what is one of the great statements from the Sermon on the Mount. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You don't need to worry about the things of this world. God knows what you need, and he will provide. Where we need to center our mind, to center our life, is seeking the kingdom of God. That needs to be our highest priority, and to fully trust in God that he will deliver, that he will provide. He has not turned a deaf ear to our needs. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know that he watches me as well. As we come into chapter number 7, we, we run into what I think is probably the most well-known and well-quoted verse in the entire Bible. Judge not that you be not judged. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is a passage that I think is widely abused by non-believers and believers alike. I think that there are a lot of people who, quite frankly, do not understand what Jesus is saying. When Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged, he is not ruling out judgment across the board. Let me tell you why I think that. In another program, we're going to talk about Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now let me ask you a question. How can you detect a false prophet? How can you know that someone is teaching a falsehood without a measure of judgment? What is judgment? Well, judgment is a, a discerning between right and wrong. I know that this conduct is right, and I know that that conduct is wrong. How can you determine a false prophet if Jesus says you're not to judge? Don't judge. You see what I'm saying? If Jesus is ruling out judgment in every circumstance with this statement, then he is going to contradict himself, not just here, but in other places as well. In John chapter 7, Jesus talks about the need to use righteous judgment. 
In John chapter 7, verse 24, he says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now, in one passage, it appears that Jesus says, Do not judge. But in John chapter 7, verse 24, it says, You need to judge with righteous judgment. So there is a kind of judgment that is acceptable, this idea of righteous judgment. And that in and of itself is an interesting study. We could look at the various facets of what would be included in righteous judgment. But back in Matthew chapter 7, I think Jesus talks about what one of the facets of righteous judgment is. He says, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What does he mean by that? Well, what he's talking about is the severity of judgment that we use. If we hold people to an impossible standard, then God, when he judges us, will hold us to that same standard. Have you ever been in a situation where you just feel like you could never do anything right for another person? You complete this task and the person who's overseeing that work takes a look at it and time and time and time again, they say it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. Have you ever been in a situation like that? I have. I've been in a circumstance where it just felt like I could never please this other person. If we're not careful, that sort of attitude can creep into Christianity as well. What Jesus is warning us against is not to use too severe of a judgment. As I look at this other person and I see the, the mistakes that they're making in their life, I have a choice. I can either choose to be very harsh, very rigid, to hold them to an, an impossible standard, or I can remember that one day God's going to judge me. And if I hold my brother or my sister to an impossible standard, what can I expect when I face the Heavenly Father? Jesus says, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, some people might be tempted to be very lenient and just let everyone do whatever they want. Well, that's not good either. In verse number 3, Jesus says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This just further underscores how Jesus isn't ruling out judgment across the board, but is cautioning us against the sort of judgment that we use. When we see a problem in a brother or sister's life, the first thing we need to do is take stock of our own. Jesus uses a ridiculous analogy. I mean, just imagine you've got this beam, this big piece of wood that's in one of your eyes. But you see a little speck in your brother's eye and you think, yeah, I need to go remove that. So you take your fingers up there and, and you try and grab that 
little sliver of wood, that little piece of dust to remove it. Well, you've got this impediment. You've got this beam. How, how are you certain, number one, that you are seeing the speck correctly? And number two, how are you certain that you have a good enough vision to be able to remove that small little speck? The first thing you need to do is remove the beam that's in your own eye. As we look at other people, we can see their mistakes, we can see their sins. But rather than trying to fix the other person and ignore our own problems, we need to first take stock of our own life. You know, Paul says something similar to this over in the book of Galatians chapter 6. In Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1, he says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Did you notice that last part? Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Here you've got this person who is overtaken in a trespass. They're, they're tied up in sin. They need help. First, my friend, you need to look at your own life. Do you have your own house in order? Maybe you've got this sin that has become a habit and it owns you. You're trying to serve two masters. You're trying to serve not just that habit, but you're also trying to serve the Lord God. Perhaps you're not the right person to go talk with them about this sin. Maybe you need to take the beam out of your own eye first and then you will be in a position to go help that other person. So go back to Matthew chapter 7. Can you not see that what Jesus is talking about here isn't a, a carte blanche ruling out of judgment in every circumstance? If that were the case, then we would have all sorts of conflicts in Scripture. Paul says we need to go help the brother or sister who's overtaken in a trespass. Take stock of our own lives first, but go help that person. Jesus talks about how we need to temper our judgment by evaluating our own lives and remembering that I want God to show me mercy, so I need to be merciful as well. If we take all these things into account, this can help us effectively assist the one who is in deep trouble. Jesus says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Once the impediment is removed in your own life, then you'll be able to help other people. He wraps up in verse number six with this thought. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. I think once again we have to, to place this in context. It may not be readily apparent what Jesus is talking about. We need to carefully consider our words and, and who we are talking with. When you're in a position to help other people with your sin, there, there needs to be a level of discernment that you're able to evaluate this person and whether or not you can really help them. There are some people that 
quite frankly, because of the choices that they've made in their life, the attitude that they have, it's just not even worth talking to them. It's like throwing pearls before swine. They'll trample them under their feet. Maybe you've tried that, and maybe you learn that talking with this person just isn't possible unless they have a change of heart. I certainly have known people who you could talk with them about the Lord, about the truth, about his ways until you're blue in the face. But because they are so hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, because they are so unwilling to yield, perhaps they're swelled up with pride or perhaps they are so deeply entrenched in a sin that they just, they just don't want to let go of it. You can't help every person. I think that's what Jesus is saying. You've got to look at the person and evaluate, can they really be helped? It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. Sometimes the only way we can figure out whether or not a person can be helped is to try and to fail. But if we fail once, twice, three times... Should we just continue to try? No. It's like throwing your pearls before swine. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.